turn your Bibles. That'll be all the singing that we'll do. Go to the book of First Corinthians, chapter ten. Let's just start reading from verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Therefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There is no temptation that hath taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. God add his blessing. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again to be able to read, Lord, in the past and be able to read with open eyes to see the things that have been, knowing that they are also the things that are, and that, Lord, you have given us examples Lord, that we can walk our walk. I pray, O Lord, tonight as we just will draw maybe a short few words from these scriptures, I pray that you'd give us grace. I pray that you'd be our portion tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd minister to us. Lord, we commit ourselves in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I notice that the Jordans are back from their trip. God bless you, Brother Chris. Good to have you here again, and uh, good to have our friends and visitors from British Columbia here, and uh, nice that we have such nice December weather, and uh, it's always like that here. Sometimes we we truck in some snow so that people from BC don't move here, but uh, we just, you happened to catch us while it wasn't here, so, but (laughs) nice to see you, Brother Michael. We appreciate you. God bless you. Amen. I'm going to just, uh, just draw a couple of things from, from this morning. Israel on their natural journey, it's really a parallel to this day. 
It is the supernatural, if I can just say, <clears throat> just trying to get my thoughts together here, but number one, their journey started with the supernatural. It was the visitation of an angel, a pillar of fire, to a messenger. That's the same thing that we are under today. We are not just a, a man-made form denomination. No, this is something God had in his mind. That's what we're under. We're not just comparatively like other churches. No, we are under a supernatural visitation. And I, I, I just trust that we always can remember that. It was the pillar of fire that appeared to Moses. It was the pillar of fire that appeared to the prophet in 1933. And it was also the two signs that were given to Moses that the people might know, that they might know that God had vindicated. So two signs were given to the prophet. And these two signs would be the first of two pulls, knowing that there would be a third pull to come. Now, under, under the commission that was given to Moses, there was to be a coming out of Egypt, and there was to be a going in to the promised land. So the going in to the promised land was as much a part of the journey as the coming out. And, and, and I just, just trust we keep that in view as we move forward, because we don't have the physical things to lean on, but we need faith to lean on it. We need to know that everything that's happened that has brought us to this point, God has been in charge and he's still in charge today, no matter what we face. And I, I've talked to some brothers and some of the people that were there at the time when Brother Branham was there. Brother Jake, you talked to some of the people at that time and you know, they were there, and, and, and they were around Brother Branham, and then God called the messenger off the scene, and everybody wondered, where do we go from here? And it was like, but we, it was, it was beginning then, well, God sent a prophet, true, but we've got all these tapes, let's start to read them, and out of that became, you know, it, it started with, with men like Brother Perry who came, and he would declare what was said, and we didn't all have access to the message as we do now, but there were testimonies and, and these things, and we began to see that God had sent a prophet, not just a prophet, not just a gift, but a message. And then not just a man that represented a gift like all the other gifts, but this was the revealing of the Son of Man. And under that, we began to see that there was something. And by faith, men moved out. And by faith, there began to be gatherings. There began to be churches. There began to be all of these things. And so it was also with Israel. They began to recognize Moses was, was God's appointed leader. And they began to recognize under the sign gift ministry, this is supernatural. This is God who is with him. And out of that, they began to move out from that. So we've been now, if we want to take it, 1965. If we go up to 2025, we are going to be almost 70 years, if, if it goes that far, since the messenger left. Now, when the prophet would make statements, he may not come for another hundred years. We thought, that's impossible. Well, we're not, 
that far off. Who knows? I can't see it going that far. But we're here, and we're not here just because Brother Branham was here. We are here because God has established us to be here. As much as God established a generation to be there at that time, and generations to follow, so he had in his mind those that were sitting here today. And I want to encourage you, the home that you were born in, if you're a young person, God ordained it. And, and you ought to thank him for it. And, and why we're here is we're here for a reason. And we want to thank God for that. So out of all of that, it was the supernatural. There was a coming out. But there was also now a going in. And, and that's as much a part of it. And, and, and we identified this morning that it was a mixed multitude that went out. You can read that in the book of Exodus, a mixed multitude. There were those that came out under what they saw in Moses. There were others that just came along. They just, you know, well, everybody else is going, I'll go this way too. And, and, and just came along. That happens in the, under the gospel net. The gospel net catches all kinds. Jesus would refer to it. And it would bring in fish, but it would also bring in all kinds of other creatures. And after a while, some of them walked away. But to those of us, and, and I, I was just talking to a brother after the service, and we were just saying, you know, we, he's been around for many years, and, and some of us have been around many years, and, and we've seen a lot of different things under the banner of the message. And he's saying, I've seen this happen and that happen. And, and you think, what else could happen? But, but out of all of that, he says, I don't know. There's some, he says, I, I, if I ask the question, where could I go? He says, well, you've just answered your question. There is nowhere to go. This alone is the place of eternal life. Now, that in itself is a supernatural witness. It's not something you can explain, that you can tell somebody. Say, all I know is that this is real more real than anything else. It has brought me closer to God. You know, people come and they ask me, well, what about this that happened, you know, uh, the dates of the cloud appearing or the boy at Finland and all of these things. I said, listen, you're way too late for that. I said, something greater has happened that has taken a hold and that has brought me closer to Christ than anybody ever has before. And I'm so grateful. I don't see the message as different from the Bible. The message has shed light on the Bible. Light that we never saw before. And I'm so grateful it's there and it's still unfolding. So the supernatural, it was a mixed multitude. And there was a group that failed to see as it went along. And it began to manifest in the journey. Now I'm going to take just a little bit of that. Just stay with me and I'll just take a couple scriptures to follow up this morning. Exodus 15, if you will. Exodus 15, verse 20 to 21. And uh, if I can take that and I'm just going to... Okay, so Exodus 15. This is when, when the Egyptians had been... I love the, if you've ever looked at the Ten Commandments, every so often I look back at it and just imagine, you know. And sometimes you take the things in there, but actually if you read the Bible, it's not all exactly that way. And so, you, you know, you, you think, well, it was this way. But it, it, nonetheless, it was a great pictorial. And when you finally see the Egyptians 
completely drowned in the sea. Now, they didn't cut into it, but verse chapter 15, could you imagine how they were singing? These were the taskmasters that had beat them, that had given them all of these things. I'll tell you, listen, Brother Max, whatever kind of shoes you have on, I'll tell you what, they must have had joy sandals in those days because they were dancing and they were rejoicing. And you know, if we never say it, and sometimes we're guilty up here of just making it, you know, making it all, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. But once in a while, you really gotta enjoy yourself. You know, if you come to the table, and, and, and here, here's just an example. If you come to the table and, and you're trying to convince your children to eat something, and you say it's good for you, normally they get suspicions the minute you say that. Okay, it's good for you, yeah. Well, you taste it. Okay, you taste it. Now, if I tasted something and I gave a sour expression, how much faith would they have in what I'm eating? Now, that, that, that's, that's that way. Now, if, if, you, if we say we're believers of the message and we walk around with a sour expression and we're continually, oh, this and that is there and that is there. Listen, nobody wants to partake of whatever has got you that way. So let's start by also rejoicing on what's right. Let's, I think we ought to rejoice in what God has given us. It's the greatest thing that I ever know. When my sins were rolled away, oh, I felt so light. And you know what? When I get washed and I feel all over again, when I get filled with him and and there's greater revelation that pops out, oh, it, it lifts you up above the things of the world. So here, there's this great rejoicing. And as we go just down the road a little bit to it, in verse 20, in verse, okay, I got so excited, I started flipping pages as I was going like this way. So now in verse 20, And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand. You know what? We used to have them here. And I think they took them away after I played the trumpets one day. I don't know, they don't have them here anymore because they're scared I might pick them up and do something with them. But nonetheless, you know, she played the timbrel. And she put it in her hand, and all the women went after her with timbrels and with dances. And, and Miriam answered, sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has he thrown into the sea. Oh, like that, that, that's, that's just a rejoicing. So we go from verse 21 to verse 22. So Moses brought Israel into the, from the Red Sea. They went into wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. And this is now three days after the great revival. This is after the convention is over, and, and now the anointing has wore off. And they're all walking on the journey, and they're, you know, they've still got their tambourines or timbrels or whatever they were. And, but they weren't making a lot of noise right about now. And, and so Moses brought him there. They found the water. Verse 23, they came to Marah. They could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Now, somehow we forget things. Somehow we forget, you know, have you ever prayed something that is so small and insignificant? 
I'm looking for this lost key. And you've looked all over the house and you've finished praying and all of a sudden it's there. And you think, now, was that Jehovah Jireh? Or was I missing it and he led me to it? Well, whatever it is, it was God. And you know it was God. I mean, how much does that do for you? If he's interested in the insignificant, how much more the things that have great value and, and the loved ones I'm praying for and the situations I'm facing, that ought to give us faith. You know, the greatest honor <coughs> you can do is when you're in a trial and there's bitter waters in front of you. The greatest honor you can give God is say, thank you, Lord, you're going to take care of me. And the worst thing you can do is start to murmur and you start to grumble. That's the worst thing to do. Now, we're talking about a more mature faith. So I, I feel like when things come our way, I think we just, you know, listen, I, I know it's not always gleeful and sometimes it's hard to smile and, and do these things, but I think that our faith ought to carry us a little bit higher. Well, I don't know how he'll do it. He helped me back there. I'm sure he'll help me again. And you start saying those words, thinking those thoughts, walking in those things, and I'll tell you, your situation will change. But if you think, oh, woe is me, like my, I had a flat tire a month ago and I had another one last week. Like, the Lord is just against me. The Lord is against you? No, you need new rims or tires. That's what you need. Really, like, let's not get overdone here. But, you know, we, we have such a propensity to allow these things. God wants to lift us higher. He doesn't want us to be babies. Let's just go up a little higher. So, you know, here they come to these waters, and, and look at this. Now, Paul records these things in, 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 the, in the message here in, in Corinthians. He said, now, these things are our examples. So some of what I'm reading here is an example. Now, listen, any church, not everybody is on a high all the time. Neither is everybody in the valley. Could you imagine if we were in the valley all at one time? How would you like to be the song leader in charge of that service? you got to pump the people up. My goodness. Well, what are, you gonna, what are we going to start with? You know, anyway, I'm just saying, thank God that there's a balance in the church. And you know, sometimes we're there for one another. We're there to lift up one another. We're there to encourage one another. Let me read something to you that Brother Branham would say. This is in the, in the adoption series number two. But the thing I want you to get to you is that a man that is in Christ with the Holy Ghost. Now this is not just somebody who came from Tony Robbins' school of positive thinking. No, this is with the Holy Ghost. And he says, a man with the Holy Ghost that's in Christ can bear with a man when he's wrong. He's long-suffering, he's gentle, he's patient, he's sweet, he's humble, he's faithful, filled with the Spirit, never negative, always positive, he's a different person. You need to put that one up on your fridge magnet somewhere and say, that's a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. And yeah, you'll have your ups and downs. You'll have those things. But listen, there's something in that that, it, that is there for our benefit. You know, I'm glad for friends. Sometimes you can share 
when you are in a situation and you can open up and do these things. But I'm also grateful that there's those that just out of nowhere, they call you and I'm praying for you. You know, I was, I was away over in Africa and I know somebody was praying and then I, I remember one day I got a text from Brother Glenn McIntyre and it was just on a particular day and I felt heavy and all of a sudden I got that and I said, God bless you, Brother Glenn. That helped me. Thank you for that. And, and I'm thankful that God has people like that. I, I want to be a little more like that. Listen, there's enough, there's enough accusation, accusations going on with the devil before the throne of God on our behalf. I don't want to help him with his work. I, I don't want to be a tool for his work. Well, you know, the, the, you know, this is, you know, did you hear the latest on so-and-so? We have this propensity when we hear something evil. Oh, man. Uh, did you hear this? And we just kind of whispered in the secret. But we, somehow there's something wrong. There's a secret delight in saying that. And if, that, if that's there, I say, Lord, cleanse us from that. Purge us from that. There, there's nothing in, in that. Like, like there's some things that are shameful to be spoken of again. Listen, and I think there, there ought to be a trust that we have as Christians that when we come to one another and we share our burdens, that we know that, that it's not going to get spread all over the place. I mean, I don't, I, I, if I'm a pastor and somebody comes to me in counsel, well, how would you feel if I'm whispering it to somebody else on the side? We have, a, we have an honor to keep, and it's among those that, that God has put in our midst. We have, we have to do it, and whatever we are, we need to be prayerful about are the things that we say and do, and because it's so easily misinterpreted. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about we're, we're conquering a land. I'll come to it. I just better move on here. Exodus 16, let's go quicker. Uh, they, they took their journey, verse 1, from Eliam and all the congregation of the children of Israel went into the wilderness of sin between Eliam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land. So one month in, they had bitter waters. Now the second month in, and they've they got something else to complain about. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. Who did they find fault with? You, you led us here. Listen, the poor guys were trying to contend with all the murmuring, and, 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 and they're continually being blamed. And it says... And the children of Israel said to him, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Did they actually hear what they were saying? Listen, God had his recording angel here at this time. And after this generation finally grieved him, he said, Okay, you got your wish. You're not going to possess the land. They put it on themselves. Listen, I, I, you know, I never thought in this message we would face COVID. I never thought we'd face church splits. I never thought that we'd meet disbelieving spirits. I never thought that we'd have all of those things. But they're here. And you know what? That doesn't change the message. That doesn't change the truth, the positive aspects of the message. Greater is he that is in us. We're, we're not just here to, to, well, if it's there, okay, well, I guess it's, you know, we, listen, we bear it all, but I feel like we also need to stick up and say, yeah, I know that's there. It was there in Paul's day. It was there in Luther's day. But I'm moving on. I'm going to keep moving on. I'm not going to let somebody drag me down. So he says that we had 
died in the ha- by the hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by flesh pots, and we ate bread to the full, and you brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Wow. Do you not remember like three months ago when there was a taskmaster and a whip and you, like, has your back healed that much already that you can now say that you're being killed by the leader that brought you out under a supernatural sign? My goodness. Can, can you see the foolishness of, why? Some people never saw the angel never recognize the holiness of the angel. We're not under Brother Branham. He was the messenger. We're under the, the angel of the Lord that was sent in this last day. Anyway, then, then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'll rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out, gather a certain rate, that I may prove them whether they walk in my law or not. So then he begins to issue all the things for the manna, the manna that would be coming forth, and, and all of the things that go. So let's just go on over one more. Exodus 17. I just want to bring a couple of these. I'm not going to go through all of them. Exodus 17, verse 1. I mean, it's just like every chapter, there's something new here. Yeah, really. And he says, And then the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys. According to the command of the Lord, they pitched in Rehobin, however you say that. I, I'm, you know what? And there was no water for the people to drink. Oh, wow. That's, that's happened before. It says, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said, Why are you chiding with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses. Oh, could you imagine, Aaron? Hey, Moses, what's the report for the day? Ah, the people are murmuring against. Oh, wow, here we go again. You know, every day it's that. He says, wherefore is that you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Now, listen, but at this time, if you, this next verse, when you, read, when you read Moses and where he's going, like, could you imagine his prayer life? You know, like, it's gotten desperate. Now his next verse is, and Moses cried to the Lord, saying, what shall I do with this people? They're ready to stone me. Hey, listen, (laughs) I I, I, I will say that there are times that that I'm glad there's good Christians. That's all I can say. And I'll say 90% of all people are good Christians. And I'm thankful for it, but sometimes you just get dealing with a certain thing and a certain thing, and it's over, and it's over, and it's over, and it's no matter what you say. It'll never be enough. I've, let me get off the church subject for a minute. I've, in business, I've, I've designed you know, homes for people, and, and, you know, and, and I'll send them the plans, and then we'll have a meeting. And, and, and so what do you think? Huh, I don't like it at all. Well, what's the matter? I did everything you asked. He says, yeah, but this one door swing is the wrong way, and that one switch is on the wrong wall. Oh, is there anything else? No, that's it. Oh, and everything's wrong, right? Yeah, everything's wrong. Oh, wow. I said, how do you and your wife get along at home, like if that's the kind of way you talk? Yeah, you, you know, you washed my socks, and this is wrong, and that's wrong, and oh, wow, I'd love to see the harmony in that home. Listen, I think we can go beyond some things, right? I'm making light a little bit, but my goodness, it's the viewpoint that we have sometimes. 
Listen, it's, I, I'm, I'm always going to be more positive because I believe that's what I want to see in people. I, I, I don't want to go around and carry something, well, you know, what are they thinking of me? And da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and I'm going, listen, I, I'm just going to pray through that, and I'm going to say, Lord, I love them no matter what they think of me. And I'm going to just love everybody, love my enemies, and love, love everyone. And, and you know, if I, if I do that, I'll tell you what, life sure goes along better. You know, you don't come into church sneaking around worrying if this person thinks. And even if they do, that's between them and God. I'm free of that thing. I don't need to be bitter by something that happened years ago. You know, bitterness just is a killer. Bitter waters. I mean, bitterness and disappointment and discouragement. It leads to depression. It leads to, it leads to suicidal thoughts. You know, I, I read the story of this Chinese billionaire. He, he, he was worth 45 billion. Billion. And one day he lost 15 billion. But he still had 30 billion in the bank. And he couldn't handle it. And he stepped out in front of a train and killed himself. Because he lost 15 billion. If you talk to your accountant lately, like look at what's in the account and look at what you lost, you're still way ahead of the game. Well, my goodness. You know what? Sometimes we just need a fresh look at something. I, that's what I like about going overseas. And it's, it's like, you know, it's not all internalized. It's looking out and seeing what God is doing. When we see that picture, I'll tell you what, it, it makes life worth living. Brother Marshall, sometimes sitting there and helping a little bit and giving to somebody, they may never receive the message. But you know what? It feels good to do it. And you know what? Just to witness to somebody, there's got to be an outflow. Listen, I'm, 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 I've got some of these things, and I'm gonna, I'm just, while I'm going through them, I'll do it. I'm just allowing myself to have a little bit more liberty, but Brother, Brother Branham would, would, would talk about this, and he would call it in the hidden life with Christ. Now, if, if, I'm, if I'm going down this road, it's, we're, we're, we're coming from going, out to go, from coming out to going in. So when we're going in, if we examine the going in under Israel, it's a geographical land. When we examine the going in of the message, it's to all the promises that were lost to the Christian church. We're under a restoration. So we're, we're, we're picking up everything Adam lost. So it's, it's not that I'm just satisfied to escape the world. No, I actually was born in this age with something in me that says, there's some of my land there. And as much as I came out, there's a desire to possess all that I have. There's a desire to put my foot on the head of the enemy or the neck of the enemy and say, this is my land and I'm taking it because it was always mine. So I'm not going to just sit back. And now part of the land is what the enemy had here. That's this. You know, dominated by fear. Dominated by childhood scars and complexes. Dominated by sins and mistakes that I've made. But I, I believe I can recover all that was lost. I believe I can, can re, re, regain that which my mistakes put me into debt to. But I can actually say I'm no longer a debtor to lust and sin. and I'm no longer a debtor to those things. I'm no longer a slave. I am a Christian. And I'm going to possess my land. And you can't possess it till you get the Holy Ghost. 
And I, that's why I, I'm encouraging you, if you have any doubt, just stay before God. Listen, it, it doesn't have to be a fantastic, it just, I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll calm you, it'll settle you, it'll anchor you, it'll stabilize you, it'll put you in a place where you know where you are with God. And you cannot put a price on that. So here, here's how Brother Branham says, a hidden life. He says, notice he says, once you're in the presence of God, you get quieted. You're not tossed about. You know where you're standing. You know you're a real Christian. You know you've been in contact with somebody that loves you. Oh my. You know that something's happened down there and it's refreshing. And not only that, but you'll refresh others. Oh, what are you eating there, brother Ed? <laughs> what are you eating there, brother? Oh, man, it is good. Did you listen to this message? It, like, you need to listen to it. <laughs> hey, or you could say, yeah, I listened to a message. I got my quota in this week. Oh, my goodness. That's not the kind of faith we're looking for. It is a joy to serve God. It is a joy to hear him speaking you. And he says, now, you've seen people that are nice people, but you just can't hardly stand to be around them. There's something about them. My. They have got a creative power around them that just seems to be different. Now, I'd like to stop here, and if it was possible, tell you some things on that. You are a little creator yourself. He said he'd give you a new spirit, and that spirit isn't God's spirit. It's your spirit. He gives you a new spirit, and then he says, I'll put my spirit in him. Now, the thing is, you have to do is give you a new spirit that could make your nature a little more gentle and settle down, or he couldn't even live with you. I, I hate to say this, but some of the worst attitudes that I've seen around the years have been right in the message ranks. Some people that you can't hardly get a word in without them blabbing about somebody else or telling, listen, I, I, I just feel like, and there's times I just say, okay, I, I just don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> can, can we change the subject and just talk about, you know, snow or something? You know, it's July and, and just something pleasant. And, and, and I, oh my goodness, he says, no, he says, he couldn't even live you. Now, can you imagine the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's gentle. You know what? I, I, let, let's, 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 oh. I know you can be gentle and not have the Holy Spirit. I know you can be gentle and even meek so you're a pushover. That's not it either. But I know you can be gentle and you can be in Christ and you can know where you're standing and you can be a little kinder to everybody. And I'll tell you what, that goes a long ways. I, I actually took joy the other day. I, I, I went and I, I got breakfast and the waitress, you know, they had this, this rule that 11 a.m., no more refills on coffee. And I got there just at 11.01. I remember, I remember coming to, to one of the same restaurant chain, got there at 11.01, and I said, nope, that breakfast deal closes at 11. I said, it's 11.01. I was waiting in line three minutes. Sorry, you should have timed it better. Oh, yeah. 
And who are you in charge of sales and marketing on this, on this restaurant? Like seriously. I was just listening to somebody. They, had a, they told a little story about taking a flight on a discount airline. And, and it sounds like they had the Gestapo there checking everybody in. And if you didn't match this and match that. And no, you owe extra. You pay extra. Well, thank you. I think you've made the airline probably $15 in all of your, your things. And you've probably lost 100 or 300 by the people you've offended. My goodness, like, like, let's get real sometimes. So I'm there, and then this lady, so she, it was a different restaurant. I'll make sure I come back to that one. I, and, I, and I come, and she says, no, no, no problem. I says, and I know you got a rule about coffee. Hey, listen, don't worry. I'll give you coffee, whatever you want. I go, you're a gem. And then the other lady who happened to be standing by was the cleaning lady. And she goes, yep, she's a gem. This is, and so then later I noticed that cleaning lady maybe felt like I've complimented this other one. And, and then and I said, hey, by the way, you're appreciated too. And she said, I am? Yeah, thank you. You know what? It felt good to do something unconditionally. And you know what? I never would have done that if I wasn't a Christian. But I'm a Christian. And I can do those things. And I can create an atmosphere. I think we can do that everywhere we go. Well, I'm a message believer, and I have a right to be what I am, and nobody has to follow me because I'm a separator. All right, good. Just enjoy yourself. And this is not going the way I thought, but it's all right, isn't it? Sunday night, I got a little more liberty. A little higher order of faith here. I don't know, I remember years ago I was out in the world, and the guy was singing a song, It's Hard to Be Humble. And I'm going, oh my goodness. Make me a little more humbler. Make me a little more kinder. Make me, a, you know, where, where people will be attracted to what I'm eating. Ah, my. You can make a difference in the, in the world around you. Shine, shine, brighten the corner where you are. My goodness, this is a, sorry, we're all coming down to children's level. This is like a John Andy Sunday night service, just speaking to the children. And you know what? Let's just be, let, let's be humble. Let's be simple. Let, let's, let's have some fun. Hey, I know the beast is coming. I know the dragon's out there. I, I know there's a world council of churches. But let's have some fun. Let's rejoice. Let's thank the Lord anyhow. Let's just say I'm a Christian. I, I want to be good. Now, listen. As to finish the quote, he says, Now, you can take him anywhere. Oh, wow. He says, you can go to all kinds of places. You got to get... He's got to get you fixed up so you can entertain him right. And when you're on that first altar, when you're hid away, you get his spirit. Then the Holy Spirit, none other than God himself, comes and dwells in you. And then there's something about you. The neighbor loves you. People likes you. They don't like you because you smoke cigarettes or because you play the same music. No, they like you and they can't figure out why. Why? It's the Christ part. Did you ever think about people that are in the world? And, and, you know, I was reading a documentary or seeing a documentary about, I think it was one, it was, who was it? Stalin. And they said, Stalin, he, I mean, he murdered 20 million of his own people. But they said he loved nature. Where did nature come from? That's God. I said, I mean, if there's ever a demon, Brother Bannon referred to it as one of the 200,000 thousand that was loosed, took a name of Stalin. I mean... But, you know, there's something in people, they love nature. They love something good. And so we, we can be that. No matter, he says now, no matter how much you shout, how much you try to do things, 
He says, or how much you try, if you haven't got the life that your neighbor knows you're a Christian, there's something wrong somewhere. I think it was in God's billboard, Brother Branham asked, he says, if you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Good question. All right, where are we at? Deuteronomy 17. Let's just go a little further. Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Now, Brother Branham referred to this. If you actually look, there's, there's two places he refers to where Israel made their greatest mistake. The first mistake he makes was in Exodus 19, where God had provided a deliverer, an atonement, and shed blood, and Israel said, don't let God speak, let Moses speak. They wanted a law or commandments or something they could do themselves. Now, we're talking about going into a higher order. So it's not what we can control. It's what's controlling us. It's not what we can figure out. It's how much we can trust and how much we can believe that God loves me. And he's a good God. And he wants to do good for me. And he's not there waiting to punish me when I do something wrong. Oh, he'll correct me. But I, I believe in that kind of a God. That's the relationship we're called to. We're not called to, you made a mistake, swat. You did it wrong. And, and, and you know, that's like, let's not be like that. Let's be on a higher order. I, I trust you're getting this. Now he says... Now, the other thing where they made a great, the greatest mistake is at Kadesh, where they doubted God's word. From that time following, they were in line with God until they got indocumented. And when they did, they made their fatal mistake to believe that God's word was true. Now, all of these murmurings and grumblings and things led them into it. So I feel like saying, if that would lead them into it, now what would a positive attitude bring me into? Okay? And, and there, uh, if, if, you know, a positive attitude will, will go a long ways to leading you into the promises of God. So at, at Kadesh, now, we, we can just read something. We'll pick up verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out in the land of Canaan. And said, get you up this way, southward to the mountain. See the land where it is, the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether they be good or bad. And what the cities be that they dwell in, whether tents or strongholds. And what the land is, whether it's fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And be of good courage. And bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went into the land, they went down, and verse 23, they got a big cluster of grapes, and they bear it between the two upon a staff. Now, if your wife sends you down to Costco to pick up some grapes, and you came home with that, could you imagine the hero that you would be? She wouldn't be complaining. She says, where am I going to put that? Which fridge is that going to fit in? I think she'd be happy. Where did you get those grapes? Well, it was just... Grapes on steroids. They were this. God gave them to me. So here, they, they, they got these grapes. And they come. Now can you imagine? They're carrying these grapes into the camp. And, and Israel, wow, what a good land this is. 
And here's 12 of them coming back, and, and, they're, and they came back, and he said, okay, we saw the grapes. We saw these things. This is amazing. Just give us your report. You know, and, and so now, it may, maybe they had a PowerPoint presentation or something. And, and you know, maybe the 12, the 10 spies had got together, hey, your notes compare to my notes. Let's just let's put them together. Let's show a PowerPoint for, for all the congregation. So they put the PowerPoint up. And, and the first thing you saw on the PowerPoint was a giant's knees. So much you could even see the hair sticking out of the knees. And they're looking at it, and they're going, look at yeah, I, I know these grapes are there, but look at what you got to go through. you got to go through those knees. And you know what? That was taken at eye level. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Did you have to bend down to do it or what? No, eye level. Yeah. And so what are they doing? You know, you can cast anything in any way you want. But what, what, are, what are we doing with God's word? We're not going to misuse it. We're operating by faith. <coughs> So now, here, here they, they had that, and then they, and then they, they, they go, and, and you know what? And there's thousands of these giants, and, and, and yeah, the grapes, but they're, they're hidden behind strongholds, and da-da-da-da-da, and they're giving this report. You know, and while all of this is going, you know, there's, they're coming there to the conclusion, so there's summation points. The people that are strong, the cities are walled. And they, they may have actually had... had Geo, or engineer reports and showing, look, these walls are this thick. We had engineer reports to prove it, da, 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 and they're doing all of these things. And he says, and it's, and it's, and the, moreover, there's the children of Anna, Anak and the Amalekites. Now, these are all the same people God told Moses would be in the land. So, so what's, the, what's the news here? But they're saying, uh, we can't do it. But God already said they're going to be there. And he already said, I'm taking you out to bring you in. And now you're, you're going to come out. You're going to come in this land. You're not going to have the support of your friends. You're not going to have the support of, of other churches. You, you're just going to be on your own. Yeah, but the Lord will take care of us. You know, you're going to give something to a work that you don't even know anything about. Yeah, but the Lord will take care of us. He promised us. That's our faith. And, and, and the report had gone on, and, and you could hear, like, the shocks in the congregation and the fear. If you just may have looked, I don't know if you ever saw the moment that Obama and Hillary and we're all of them were in the, in the white room, and they had the video of them taking down uh, Osama bin Laden. And there's a picture, and they're like this. They're taking him down. And, and, and they're all like, I don't know if you could have looked at the congregation as this report went out, this PowerPoint. But I don't believe it was very good. And here's Caleb and Joshua, and they're looking. And, you know, and there must have been something rising up. Because the next verse, verse 30, says, And Caleb stilled the people. Uh, excuse me, guys. Can you hush it down just a moment? I got something to say. I don't think that would have cut it. He goes, Hey! Quiet! I got something to say. And he said, no, no, we heard, heard it. No, hang on. We are more than able to take the land. Listen, when somebody gives you a negative report, I don't, you don't have to listen to it. I, I'm going to say, there's a promise for me. There's a promise for my family. There's a promise for my body. There's a promise for my lands. There's a promise for everything. God is going to fulfill his word. 
their testimony, you could read it right down to verse 33. Giants, they said, we were in their own sight as grasshoppers. So the concluding image of this PowerPoint was a selfie. And they were in the grass like grasshoppers. Because that's what we are. Man, well, you called it. That's what you are. It's not what I am. And listen to what it did to the congregation. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And the whole, all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Now listen, I don't know at what point this hit the tipping point with God, but this was it. Would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, my goodness. Oh, if I could only go back to the world where I had my friends, and you woke up with a hangover, and you didn't know if the police were going to be knocking at the door, and you didn't know what was going to show up in the news the next day, or you didn't know what somebody was going to come after you for something you said or did. Oh, that, that, that would be better than what you got right now? Listen, I, I, I just say this, let's keep our eyes on the ball. Let's keep focused and then they, they go further. You know, our wives and our children are going to be a prey. And let's now make a captain and let us return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell down. And about this time, and this is in Numbers 14, verse 6, and Joshua, the son of Nun, that were them, they rent their clothes and they, they just got desperate. And they said, the land we pass through, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, he'll bring us into it. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And he says, don't rebel against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of this land. They are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. And about that time in the congregation, they couldn't even stop them. They bade them to stone them with stones. And God had enough. We've had a lot of voices rise around the message. I, I don't want to be counted with some of them. And I just say, I pray, and I say, as long as there's mercy, Lord, be merciful to anyone and everyone. But I'll say this, I don't want to be coming to the point where you hit God's tipping point and say, okay, you've gone far enough. I say, oh God, keep me small, keep me humble, keep me true. Let me keep focused on you. We, we could go further into this. Our Holy Ghost, if I can say it this way, our land, our land is, is not just what we've lost, but it's also what's in here. When you have the Holy Ghost, there is something that there's a promise Jesus gave. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. In other words, you'll begin to hunger and crave for things, things that are to be. Brother Branham brings it so sovereignly. He says, just like your mother, when she was expecting you, she hungered and thirsted for things that you would need, vitamins. So the Heavenly Father has given you th that same ability. He said, God will bring a minister by your way, and he'll anoint him to speak certain things to you. You'll pick up a tape that maybe you hadn't thought or listened to, and in that tape is just the right vitamins that you need. Oh, it's a good land. 
I, I feel like, let's be like Abraham, walk the land, explore the land. Let's see what God said. There's so many good things in this land. Did you hear this message? Did you hear this? Oh, it's so good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And he says, what an opportunity tonight. There's only one thing that lies between you and the promised land. What is it? It's the Holy Ghost. What laid between Joshua and the promised land was Jordan. He says, this is what I'm trying to impress on you, friends. This is the token. I'm not going to get this finished, but that's okay. I'm not going to keep you long either. And he says, the hour is here for the exodus. We're going to a promised land, the promise of eternal life. The Holy Ghost shows that Jesus has met every requirement for us in our nature. We're fallen sons of God. We have no life in us. But God has met every requirement for our sin and our death. And when Ruth came to Boaz and finally was at his feet, had she had moved from Moabite to gleaner to handmaid to now she's sitting at the feet of Boaz and she's there and he looks at her and he said, blessed are you that you've not considered what it looks more attractive, some young man, something this, but you've come to this place. God has ordained you to this place. He said, I will do all that you require. What was that? Now Ruth entered into a rest. I will do all that you require. I don't believe God brought us this far that he's just going to say, well, good luck with that. No, he will do all that we require. He will give us a food in due season. He will give us brothers and sisters. He will give us all the good blessings. He will take care of all that the enemy has taken from us. He will restore it all. The goodness of God is our portion. Our inheritance is in the Holy Ghost. It is not back somewhere else. It is in everything that God has given us. I say this, I want to press on. I got, I got a whole other part to this message I'm not going to bring tonight, but it goes into the book of Joshua. And I'll save it. But I just feel, let me just share just this as we, we just wind our thoughts down right now. You guys didn't think I could do that, did you? Well, miracles happen. It's one of the gifts in the body, working of miracles. Sometimes it happens right here. I can stay on time. Okay, I better stop because I'm going to get over and over time. <laughs> okay. I was telling somebody the other day, he says, you know, as a musician, he says, you know, you and I started our singing career together. Really? He says, really? He says, yeah, really. He says, when did that happen? He says, when the sons of God shouted for joy. We were both there together. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Now the song leaders are just going, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you for putting up with me, brothers. I love you. <laughs> Listen, Brother Branham says this. I'm happy tonight that there are people that still believe in the blood. I do not believe in the social gospel that they have today. And I'm just, I'll just put this, I'm a part of the message. No, is the message in me. Okay, and, and he, says, he says, those are cults, when those that say there's no blood and you only have to do this. Paul said it, he said, I know you're a believer, but since you started believing, have you received the Holy Ghost? That's a good question. Paul thought it was important. I think we ought to think it's important. And if we have the Holy Ghost, 
What's wrong with saying, Lord, I need a refilling. I need more of you, oh God. Oh, pour out your spirit on me, oh God. Give me more of you again. Lord, if I've just gotten cold and, and maybe the cactus, I haven't had enough water and the prickles are coming out and it's rubbing, God, just let me drink at the fountain again. So as the prophet was saying this, he's going and he's saying, you cannot be a Christian without being born again. Okay, I, I, I'm going to say what the prophet said. I'm not going to shy away from it. I, I'm not going to just say, oh, come on in, you're baptized, you have a good... No, you know what I look for? I look for in my own life, not just a conformance with things, not just doing what I have to do, but when the Holy Ghost in me wants to do something greater. When the Holy Ghost in me reaches in a level I didn't even expect in prayer, and all of a sudden I find myself calling on for such and such a situation. Oh, and I enter in. Friends, that is God. There's no greater privilege than to have that and to be a tool in the hand of God. When you go somewhere and, and, and you're taking your notes and you don't even use your notes because God leads you in other places and then somebody comes back after and they said they're blessed by it and I'm going, I don't even know what I tapped into or what I said, but praise be to God for that. Listen, I, I, I don't, I, I'm glad that God has gifted the bride with the best ministers in the world, the best gifts in the body. And I'm thankful we have them and we're looking to have more of them come. And there are different gifts. They're not just evangelists. They're not just this. They're not just that. But we want to go on to perfection. Listen, this, is, this will be the second part of the message where I go to. But Hebrews chapter 6, therefore, let us go on to perfection. Laying on hands, we'll still do that. But we're going on to perfection. We're not just going to focus in on men. Because when, when Israel went into the land, you know, there was two spies that went into the land to the house of Rahab. Do you know that their names are not even recorded? Now, if it was us in America, we'd say, hey, who are these two guys? We'd have them on a talk show right away. Hey, this is one of the two guys. Let's just, you know, and we'd, we'd prop them up. That's not the way God works. God uses one here. He uses one here. He uses a, I think we ought to have more faith in the body that's here. And as far as other gifts, there's a gift of wisdom maybe here. There's a gift of knowledge that's here. Yes, I know there's also prophecy and tongues and interpretation, but there are many other gifts. I say, Lord, let's be open for whatever you send our way. But here, and I, I won't have time to go into it, but in perfect faith, Brother Branham would say, now we want to move a little higher. You want to listen to that message? I've, I've been listening to it over and over. And he said, we need to rub out some of the make-belief. And, you know, and then even where Brother Branham says in Why Christ Speak, I need a shaking. I need to be straightened up. I, I need more of God. Hey, I'm putting myself on the altar too. But I say, let's move a little higher to where we, we're going. So let me just finish this, and, and, and we're going to close. But he's saying now, you'll never know until the Holy Ghost has filled you with his presence and witness to you that he is the Holy Spirit and he's right. I know you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is born of the Spirit God, but you are only talking what somebody else said until it's a witness to you. No man can call Jesus the Christ except by the Holy Ghost. Oh, he's not, he's not just a man who died on the cross. He's my Savior. He's the one who's everything to me. Let's have the musicians come. We're going we're gonna to wind it down here. 
I'm so thankful that there's a new birth. Christianity, Jubilee, your brother said, Christianity is, you know, there's different gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, faith. And we always slow down when we hit the last one, long-suffering. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And he says, meekness, gentleness, goodness. What was Christ, what did Christ do when he was reviled? He reviled not again. Listen to the message, reaction to an action. Somebody just, you know, pokes you. You know, no. Go ahead, do it again. (laughs) We don't quite do that either, do we? Christianity is a life that man lives. It's a personal experience. More of him. I want more of him. Do you want more of him? Let's stand together. Let's sing more of you, more of you.